Welcome everybody to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by you guys here in a second. I'm going to start answering your questions. But before I get to that, I do have to make an announcement. The Lakers beat the Celtics. That's fun to say out loud. Say it. Say it. See, just wherever you are, I'm sure nobody would judge you. The Lakers beat the Celtics. That's always fun. The Lakers beat the Celtics. It's like it's hard for me to not say that's always fun after I say that first sentence. The Lakers beat the Celtics. That's always fun. It's just a natural thing. It's always fun to beat the Celtics. Um, we saw playoff Rondo. We uh, saw LeBron smirk before he hit essentially the game winner. Uh, the game winner that he hit was a turnaround fadeaway, which is, you know, I, I'm i not the first person I would imagine to – uh, make the comparison to to Kobe on that shot, so that's fun. Beating the Celtics is is it's actually good for your health. I think is is uh, what my doctor told me is that you know the Lakers beat the Celtics, you get to see me one fewer time this year. So that's uh you know I for for somebody who is an independent contractor and and sometimes medical bills can be put you in a, in a weird spot. Uh, it's nice that I'm I'm I only have to look forward to one fewer. Uh, trip to the doctor because this year because the Lakers beat the Celtics. Let's say that again. The Lakers beat the Celtics. Hell yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm going to start by talking about the game a little bit, and then I'm going to move on and answer your guys' questions. Uh, let's just look over the, the score here. The Lakers win. Again, they beat the Celtics 114-112. to 112. Uh, Rajon Rondo, I think, would, is, is somebody that most people are going to look at and say, yeah, he was he was a big reason. Kuz uh, also played really well, and given the amount of criticism that they have uh, been magnets for this year, I'm sure that felt b- good for both of them. Uh, Rondo, I believe, was a was like plus sixteen in his twenty-ish minutes or so. Uh, that's just you know, and it was and it was just doing stuff that like it wasn't like the the one game. Uh, where he was hitting, I think he hit like four or five three-pointers in the first half. And, you know, that's why he got as many minutes as he did. But it, this this was a little bit more sustainable, I would say, uh, the stuff that Rondo was doing. And that makes, you know, it's annoying that Caruso only played eight minutes. But if, if Caruso's going to play that little, you want it to be because Rondo played so well and so... Uh, uh, he he played so in such a manner that he might be able to repeat at some point. That's that's what you want there. Again, Rondo finishes. Yeah, he was a plus fifteen in twenty two minutes. Um, only shot the one three pointer, missed it. One of two from the field. Five assists, five steals, and you know it. That's a, when he makes an impact without shooting insanely from deep. That's that's something that you should really. You know, kind of take a note of as as it happens. Uh, like I said earlier, LeBron finishes off the game with that fadeaway uh, over Jalen Brown and had that smile before it. That was really cool. That's a really cool video. Uh, you know, as as he is want to do, he split. Late free throws and uh, and and kept Boston in the game longer than they probably should have been, but you know what? You take it, you win. You, you take the win. You beat Boston. Uh, you split the season series with them, and and you know they're going to say, well, they didn't have 
uh, Kemba Walker, which is a really weird situation, by the way. Like, if it, it's a good thing that it was Walker who kind of demanded to stay in the in the All Star game, but could you imagine if like Greg Popovich played LeBron James way more than he should have played him uh, past a minutes restriction in an All Star game? Could you imagine the response to that? Or 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 Vogel played Kawhi Leonard through. You know, because he was in the position to do this. So if Leonard and the Clippers said that he was only allowed to play, you know, 15 minutes in the All-Star game and 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 Leonard wound up playing 20 minutes, I think a lot more people would be talking about that. Nick Nurse is, is out there playing 40 chess, I guess. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the Celtics were missing Kemba Walker, and he obviously would have helped. He's an he's a actual, you know, good NBA basketball player. Unlike Kendrick Perkins, who... Uh, you know, is, is somebody that they point to his absence is something that they say changed history. Okay. Um, but, but, you know, Walker would have helped. I still think the Lakers are, are well equipped to defend Kimball Walker. They, he's really short. They have a lot of length. So I think, you know, that's something to take into account when they, when some, when a Celtics fan brings that up. And I would also point out that Jason Tatum was insane. And I don't know if he has the same kind of statistical production with, uh, Kimball Walker, Kimball Walker out there getting the, the type of touches he usually does. So overall though, it's a great game. I love beating the Celtics it puts a smile on my face and, and Lord knows uh, our family could use that. So so shouts to the Lakers for coming through there. Uh, let's take a, a quick second. When we come back, I'm going to answer your guys' questions. Today's show is brought to you by the Arizona Board of Tourism. Uh, you have games ba- underway now out there in Arizona for the Cactus League. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the, the weather didn't let them play on schedule, but that just means that if you're out there now or you're planning your trip now, that you probably are going to get an extra game here and there. So that's kind of fun. Uh, if you're planning your trip and, and you aren't interested in baseball, like I said, they have you covered with uh, hiking and biking and and golf. If you want to be active, they have incredible spas and, and a great food and bar scene. If you're more interested in the in the traditional vacation kind of stuff, uh, they have you covered out there. So go to visitarizona.com slash spring training. Again, that's visitarizona.com slash spring training, uh, where you can plan your baseball trip and also get a look at uh, everything else that Arizona has to offer in their various cities. I, I'm personally a big fan of, of Scottsdale. It's a great area as well. Uh, I had a, my, my best man at my wedding grew up in Prescott. So if you want to check that out, you can you can check that out as well. Some really good hiking up there. Uh, and then obviously, you know, you go you 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 go to the Phoenix area if you want to be able to check out a Suns game and 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 enjoy that city. Again, that's visitarizona.com/springtraining. visitarizona.com/springtraining to start planning your trip today. All right, we're back and uh, hey, the Lakers beat the Celtics. <laughs> enjoy that. So here we are. Uh, the, the first question here comes from Money Mike H. Uh, what's up, man? So I live in Texas as well and go to Austin often because it's a short drive. I'm against pineapple on pizza, but Home Slice has the best pizza in Austin and Pluckers has the best wings. What places do you like to go to? Well, we live down the street from a place called Marco's, and I've been pretty impressed by by the uh, pizza there. I haven't been able to go into the city to get... Uh, much, you know, unique pizza, but if you're just looking for like a general 
pizza place out here. Marco's is pretty good. There's a winery uh, about 10 minutes from where we're going to be moving to, where we're building our house. And it has, on Saturdays, uh, oven fire pizza or brick oven type pizzas that I can't wait to try. So uh, the first Saturday that we're we're probably going to be going back on Saturday to to attend uh, my grandpa's funeral. But but when we're out here and we have a free Saturday, probably going to go check out that that pizza there. Uh, But but yeah, Austin's such an incredible food hub that that I, I'm sure there's all kinds of great places and great options to find the best pizza. And, and pineapple does belong on pizza. Pine- pineapple belongs everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm here to plant my flag on the island that states that, that pineapple, there is no place where pineapple is not welcome. If you can, if you want to add a little bit of sweetness to a, a food item, you want to chop up some pineapple, you do your thing. Add that pineapple. PV2 Hernandez writes, Hey, Anthony, enjoy the podcast. It's my daily wake-up. Um, imagine a cup of fresh coffee in terms of takes and opinions. Uh, what lineup do you think the Lakers go with in the playoff as their closing lineup? This is from at Javi Ballout. So, let's see. I, I still think their best lineup is going to be that that group with uh, KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma, LeBron, uh, and AD. KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma, LeBron, and AD. Yeah, that's gonna. I still think that's gonna be their best lineup. But it has proper shooting. It has enough length to be able to switch all over the place. Uh, and 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 AD gets to operate uh, without having a Javale or or Dwight kind of cramming up the plant the paint for him. I think that's gonna be their best lineup. Uh, I think you could probably also swap out. Uh, Alex Caruso or put Alex Caruso in there for KCP and that lineup would be just fine as well. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. The Lakers added uh, Markeith Morris, uh, Marcus Morris's brother, and it's going to be interesting to see how they use him. They just needed another body that was in that kind of six, eight, six, nine kind of range. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they wave Boogie to do that, so that means that the Lakers are inherently getting an upgrade because they aren't getting anything whatsoever from uh, DeMarcus Cousins right now. He was not going to play this year, and uh, that means that they are they they now go from a player who wasn't giving anything anything to them on the court, and he's probably going to still be able to stick around. And uh, there's there's a, there was a report out there that the Lakers and Boogie would like to uh, come to terms again this summer and figure out a way for for the two to actually benefit on the court from each other. So you could probably look forward to that. And and yeah, I mean I, I think with with Morris in there that gives you another wing option uh, to 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 be physical with the Kawhis, to be physical with the Paul Georges, the Giannis's. He's not any kind of a solution, but I don't think a solution for Giannis or Kawhi or Paul George exists. So it's good that the Lakers have another option, another six fouls at least to throw at him. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be a part of the Lakers' best lineup. I think that group, that KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma. Maybe you maybe slide Morris into that Kuzma role, uh, but but that's that's going to be your best lineup, I think. Is you, you just put AD out there and LeBron out there, and then have three other guys who can space the floor and defend. You're going to have a good group. Let's go with the uh, next question here, and I'm glad I can I'm glad I can be your uh, coffee. Let's do one more question. Smoking Aces writes. The Lakers are the 2020 World Champions of Basketball, Anthony. So my one gripe about that is, uh, I mean, 
probably find something to complain about still. That's why you guys listen. I'll, I'll find something to 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 whine about. No, I, if the Lakers win a championship, I will go one whole show without whining. I promise you that. That I will. I will. I won't even. Well, I take that back. If the Lakers win a championship and have their championship parade stop somewhere so that you can get the interviews, then I will not complain at all. But remember, there was a, the the last championship they the parade they had. They never like stopped the parade anywhere, so you didn't get like the awkward, you know, pump up speeches from all the from all the players to to fans that are standing there or wait, you know, stood there waiting for that for the parade to end there so they can so you can get that moment. Uh, but that's that's if if they you know pull the parade off and win a championship, I promise I will not complain. Let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to finish off with the last few of your questions. All right, the next two reviews uh, made me laugh audibly. So first it's uh, from Kay Izzle, question mark again. I'm not sure why Matt Moore is on the show again. I highly doubt that guy can even dribble a basketball, yet acts like he knows all. Next review is from Kinetic Groove. Uh, can I say more Matt Moore, please? <laughs> that that killed me. I saw those. I read those. Those were literally back to back, and uh, and they and they just absolutely took me out. Uh, so the question though is now that we're basically a lock to make the playoffs question during the last six season, what was your lowest point as a Lakers fan? And what have you most enjoyed about this season? Definitely want Pete's response as well. Thanks guys. By the way, Pete, as far as cooked pineapple, uh, what do you say about upside down pineapple cake? I'll ask him. I'm going to just ask him both of these questions. My lowest point as a Laker fan I think it's probably before Kobe signed his last contract, there was a thought that he would uh, take a little bit less so that the Lakers would have room for both LeBron and I think Melo was the guy that they kind of they had their eye on at the time. Uh, obviously, that didn't come to fruition. And, and when he was asked about whether he would take a pay cut, Kobe just kind of said, screw your pay cut. And the rest was, was organizational history from that point on. Uh, so that, I think that always kind of sticks out to me as the moment that, that like just really kind of sucks, uh, in terms of like the basketball moment, the, the lowest part of, uh, you know, my time covering the team. Cause even that Kobe thing happened before I really started covering the Lakers over the last like six years or so of covering this team. I think the low point has to be any moments that Ronnie Price state spent on the court ahead of guys like Jordan Clarkson at the time and, and D'Angelo Russell, uh, that, that always sucks. Just basically Byron's entire, entire tenure. And like the, the thing about guys like Byron and when Kobe took, didn't, didn't take a pay cut and guys like magic is you can't criticize those guys in the same way. Like, let's say Frank Vogel sucked, right? Let's say he's just bad at coaching and, you know, plays Rondo and stuff like that. It's, when I when I would criticize Vogel under those circumstances, nobody would you know bat an eye. They'd say, "Oh yeah, he's not a Laker. He's not a Laker legend. Uh, if he deserves to be criticized, let's just criticize him." But when you criticize guys like Magic or Kobe or Byron uh, and on down the line, you you just it's you always are going to get 
push back against because that is a Lakers legend. That's a Lakers icon, and and we aren't allowed to to go there. Um, so, like those times where, because I had a I had a good feeling. All right, here's a here's a specific moment. There was, I think Dan Levitard first reported that he was hearing that Magic Johnson wasn't spending um, very much time around the team. And uh, I remember aggregating that for Lakers Outsiders because it was during that time where I, I had left Silver Screen and Roll. And I, I remember aggregating that report, getting yelled at all over the place, getting called racist uh, for, for uh, criticizing Magic. And uh, and then lo and behold, so that the reason I aggregated Dan's report about Magic's work ethic as uh, president of basketball uh, uh, operations of the Lakers, uh, the reason I aggregated it was because I reached out to some of the people that I know kind of close to the team, and they said the same thing, that you know, what what Dan reported initially was actually true, that he wasn't around very often. I don't know if you guys remember... Magic uh, showing up on that random post from some person who was stuck in kind of a bomb shelter with Magic in Hawaii, right? That was like the first time the Lakers had ever really – they found out, oh, okay, cool, that's where that's where Magic is. Um, and I just remember going through that entire experience and, and, and any time that I thought I used any kind of – Valid criticism of Magic, especially about his work ethic, as uh, you know, in that regard, uh, it, it just always sucked to know that I was right in the moment. Know that history would eventually wind up proving me right, and then also still getting yelled down at by by Laker fans who just hated me for for that uh, for that analysis. And then you know, it's not like once we find out that Magic actually was that kind of bad as uh, president of basketball operations. It's not like you get a lot of people kind of reaching back out to you and saying, you know what, I apologize, you were right. <laughs> you, you don't get that on Twitter. Uh, you usually just get people, oh, you just hated the Lakers all along. Not, you know, it, I, I, the, one, the one response I, I remember getting a lot was, oh, so you must be happy that you're proven right here. And I, I didn't want to be proven right. Anytime I criticize the Lakers, I hope that I'm proven wrong. And when I was proven right by Magic, and then eventually when he stepped down the way that he did, you know that was that that was kind of a rough stretch, just because you're getting yelled at as much as you I was getting yelled at for it, even though what I was saying and what a lot of the people were saying that that were around that situation, like that was actually true that he just wasn't very good at his job, didn't try hard enough, and 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 was detrimental to the Lakers as a result. That's all behind us. It's I'm I'm really happy to be where the Lakers are. It's 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 really cool where the Lakers currently are right now. Let's go. Last question. Uh, Brian J. Dow writes: Do you think Alex Caruso's headband looks like he has head wound bandages? Hashtag maybe just me. No, I I uh, <clears throat> I said this to Aaron when he was on earlier this last week that I, I just think in general. White guys wearing headbands just never really works. The only way that you can pull off a headband as a white guy, in my opinion, is if you have really, really short hair. Uh, because what happens with with white guy hair is you'll get that, like right where the headband meets your hair, you'll get that fold where it, it 
you know, the, the, the hair starts to go over the headband and that's just that, that there's no way to pull that off. Right. So the only way I think to be able to, to rock a headband as a white guy is to either completely bick your hair, which is a tough look in in and of itself. Uh, the cue ball look not great, but then, you know, if you, if you, you know, shave your, buzz your hair really, really short, I think that's the only, and if you have, you know, if you have, because it's hard to do that when you have really dark hair as a white guy too. So, yeah, I, I just I, I the, the the headband. Now look, it's a running joke between Caruso and the team. Uh, they really get behind this this headband gang thing, and and it's just another kind of <coughs> excuse me example of the cool chemistry that exists throughout the Lakers. I, I, I really, really enjoy it. And I, you know, I, I hope he continues to wear the, the headband. I'm just saying from a general standpoint, headband on a white guy isn't usually the, the best way to go here. All right. That's going to do it for the questions that we received here. Uh, thank you guys a ton for sending those in. You guys, you know, continue to help produce the show and, and continue to make my job easier. We were able to get through the All-Star, the post-All-Star week. If you guys missed any of those shows, we had Aaron Larsoul on from the official Lakers podcast. He and I went back and forth. I, we've, I've been re- recording shows with him for the last couple of years, and, and we've become you know close friends. So that was a fun one. We have pretty good energy and chemistry there. And then uh, Matt Moore, uh, <laughs> the aforementioned Matt Moore, was on. And we recorded, we didn't even mean to do this, but we talked on the, we recorded a, basically it was like an hour, hour and probably 10 minute conversation, maybe even 15 or 20 minute conversation that I wound up cutting into two parts. And so the first part was about the Lakers and betting on them and, and the trends that have made shown themselves to this point and whether that might kind of indicate what they're capable of moving forward. And then in the second part of that, conversation he and i broadened our our focus to the entire league and the way that espn and tnt has covered the 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 nba to this point and and any number of things ownership all kind of we just kind of wandered around so both of those those three shows were really really good pete's back tomorrow and i'm sure he can't wait to talk about uh the 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 lakers beating the celtics say that one more time the lakers beat the celtics (laughs) that's fun uh, but but he, I'm sure he's going to have thoughts on that, and we will get you guys ready for the for the sprint run that is going to be the Lakers, you know, last 29-ish games uh, before the end of the season. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.